Listening to the Talking Machine Hour on WPPMLP in Philadelphia, and I'm your host, David Atlas. We just heard several Bessie Smith records. Bessie Smith was known as the Empress of Jazz. In 1937, Bessie Smith was injured in a car accident and taken to the nearest hospital. She was refused treatment. It was a white hospital. Bessie Smith died before she made it to the black hospital. She was 43 years old. Segregation may have been abolished in the 1960s, but injustice, oppression, and systematic racism never went away. The recordings by Bessie Smith made over a century ago, Jailhouse Blues and Send Me to the Electric Chair, are chilling in their relevance to the plight of black people in America today. Nearly 100 years later, and one in three black men will spend time incarcerated accounting for 40% of our prison population. As I record this episode here in Philadelphia, the National Guard is occupying our streets, defending the integrity of our deeply racist and corrupt justice system. If you're listening tonight and your skin color happens to be white like mine, I urge you to take action. Educate yourself, educate others, and do not settle on anything less than justice for all. If you're unsure about where to begin, please visit my website where I've provided a number of links to educational resources, stereoatlas.com. Tonight I'll be sharing the music of several black artists from Philadelphia, and I'd like to start with Ethel Waters. She was actually born right outside of Philly in Chester, and she grew up on Cater Street in then what was considered the red light district of Philadelphia. 
Celebrating her 12th birthday in a nightclub on Locust Street, she was asked to sing with the band. Her voice astounded everyone in the room, and her career took off from there. She began performing in vaudeville, circus tents, anywhere she could. Ethel was not a stranger to police violence. Later in life, while performing in Baltimore, she learned that the theater owner intended to short pay her. The cops threatened her. When she tried to purchase a train ticket to escape the violence, she was denied a ticket out. Thankfully, she made it out of town in the middle of the night by literally jumping into a stranger's horse-drawn coach. You can read more about Ethel Waters in her 1951 book, His Eye on the Sparrow. I recommend it. Here she is performing a song written by Fats Waller in 1929. Out in the street, shuffling feet, couples passing two by two. And here am I, left high and dry, black, and cause I'm black, I'm blue. All the race fellas crave high yellows, gentlemen prefer them light. I'm just another spade who can't make the grade, looks like there's nothing but dark days in sight. With a cold, empty bed, springs hard as lead, pains in my head and I feel like old Ned. What did I do? You be so black and blue No joys for me No company Even the mouse ran from my house All my life through I've been so black and blue I'm white But it's inside So that don't help my case Cause I can't hide just what is on my face, oh, sad and forlorn, life's just a thorn, my heart is torn, oh, why was I born, what did I do to be so black and blue, just cause you're black, Boys think you lack, they laugh at you and scorn you too. What did I do to be so black and blue? When I draws near, they laugh and sneer. I'm set aside, always denied. All my life through, I've been so black and blue. How sad I am, and each day the situation gets worse. My mark of ham seems to be a curse. Oh, how will it end? Can't get a boyfriend, yet my only sin lies in my skin. What did I do? You'll be so black and blue.
woman that's only human, one you should be sorry for. Woke up this morning alone about dawn, without a warning I found he was gone. How could he do it? Why should he do it? He never done it before. Am I blue? Am I blue? Ain't these tears in these eyes telling you? Am I blue? Why you'd be too? If each plan with your man done fell through, there was a time when I was his only one, but now I'm the sad and lonely one, Lordy, was I gay until today. Now he's gone and with blue am I blue? I know it. He's in Chicago and I'm down here in Birmingham trying to get the money to go and find my honey. I am. Yes, indeed I am. I've got the blues in my heart, and my shoes wanna start, yet I'm in a jam, a terrible jam. Oh, don't ask me, am I blue? Why do you ask me, am I blue? Ain't these tears in these eyes telling you? Again, you ask me, am I blue? Would you be too if each plan which a man had done fell through? Don't I remember the time when I was his only one? But look at me now, I'm the sad and lonely one. Oh, didn't I used to be gay? Time. So weary 
time When he went away the blues walked in and met me If he stays away old rocking chair will get me All I do is pray the Lord above will let me Walk in the sun once more Can go on All I have in life is gone Stormy weather Since my man and I ain't together Keeps raining all the time Keeps raining all the time I walk around heavy hearted and sad Night comes around and I'm still feeling bad Rain pouring down blinding every hope I had Pittering, pattering, beating and splattering drives me mad Love, 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 love This misery is just too much for me Can't go on All I have in life is gone Stormy weather Since my man and I ain't together Keeps raining all the time Keeps raining all the time Philadelphian Ethel Waters performing what did I do to be so black and blue? Am I blue and stormy weather? Ethel actually introduced stormy weather. In 1933, Irving Berlin casted Ethel Waters for his new show, As Thousands Cheered. Although Ethel had many of the big songs in that production, she did not receive billing at the top of the poster because the white stars were listed at the top of the poster. The show, As Thousands Cheered, went through tryouts in Philadelphia in 1933 at the Forest Theater. A specific number in that musical was on the chopping block, as they weren't sure how audiences might receive a song about a man who had been lynched not coming home for dinner. Here's Ethel Waters performing Supper Time. Soon be yelling for death 
when they ask me where he's gone how'll I keep from crying when I brings they supper on how can I remind them to pray at their humble board how can I be thankful when they start to thank the Lord the Lord supper time I must set the table cause it's supper time somehow I This is WPPM LP Philadelphia, People Power Media, Stereo 106.5 FM. You're listening to the Talking Machine Hour, and I'm your host, David Atlas. The year 1927. 12-year-old native Philadelphian Billie Holiday was working odd jobs, running errands in a brothel, and scrubbing the marble steps, kitchen, and bathroom floors of neighborhood homes. It was around this time that Billie Holiday first heard the music of Bessie Smith and Louis Armstrong. Candle. 
candles and prayers that are said I know let them not weep let them know that I'm glad to go death is no dream for in death I'm caressing you Beginning in the late 1930s, Billie Holiday struggled with narcotics. May 16, 1947, Holiday was arrested for possession of narcotics in her New York apartment. On May 27th, she was in court. It was called the United States of America versus Billie Holiday, and that's just the way it felt, she recalled. During the trial, she heard that her lawyer would not come to the trial to represent her. In plain English, that meant no one in the world was interested in looking out for me, she said. Dehydrated and unable to hold down food, she pleaded guilty and asked to be sent to the hospital. The district attorney spoke in her defense, saying, If your honor please, this is a case of a drug addict, but more serious, however, than most of our cases, Miss Holliday is a professional entertainer and among the higher rank as far as income was concerned. She was sentenced to Alderson Federal Prison Camp in West Virginia. The drug possession conviction caused her to lose her New York City cabaret card. Thereafter, she performed in concert venues and theaters. The war on drugs, as they call it, disproportionately affects people of color. In 2016, about 200,000 of the 1.3 million people in state jails were serving time for drug offenses. In 2013, the week reported that at least 3,278 Americans were serving life sentences without parole for nonviolent crimes, including cursing at a policeman and selling $10 worth of drugs. More than 80% of these life sentences are the result of mandatory sentencing laws. Drug addiction is an illness, not a crime. Drug use is a public health concern, not a criminal offense. This is the Talking Machine Hour on WPPM 106.5 FM, and I'm your host, David Atlas. This next segment is about the genesis of a song that Billie Holiday made famous called Strange Fruit. It was a night of August 7th, 1930. It was a very, very hot night. It could have been anywhere, USA, but this time, 
It was in Marion, Indiana. This time in the heartland. This time, the day before, a white man had been shot and his girlfriend, they said, had been assaulted and raped. A mob gathered. The white man who had been shot died in the hospital that night and the police took off his bloody shirt. They took it and, and ran it up the flagpole in front of the police headquarters for the whole city to see. James Cameron, 16 years old, he was there that night and barely escaped being lynched himself. He said that bloody shirt was like waving a red flag in front of a bull. Benjamin Franklin said that a lynch mob is a beast with many hands and no brains. Anywhere, USA. But this time, in the heartland. And God planted a garden in Eden, in the east. And there God put the human being whom God had made. And out of the ground God made every tree grow. Every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. And the tree of life also in the midst of the garden. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God commanded the human being, You may freely eat of every tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For on the day that you eat of it, you shall die. As soon as Adam and Eve saw that, that was the red button. The worst thing you could say is don't touch it. They wanted to know. And so they reached for the fruit. They wanted to know, to eat and discover the truth of pain, racism, indifference, and violence. Apples don't do that. This was strange fruit. They saw themselves strange fruit. And the truth hit them. They did not want this. But it made them powerful. Powerful enough to see their own pain powerful enough to dish it to others. Fruit bears fruit. They became powerful enough to make their own southern trees bear strange fruit. Blood on the leaves and blood at the root. Black bodies swinging in the southern breeze. Strange fruit hanging from the poplar trees. Pastoral scene of the gallant south. The bulging eyes and the twisted mouth. Cinna magnolia sweet and fresh. Then the sudden smell of burning flesh. Here is fruit for the crows to pluck, for the rain to gather, for the wind to suck, for the sun to rot, for the trees to drop. Here is strange and bitter crop. The police took three young men into custody late that night. Thomas Ship, 19, Abraham Smith, 18, his friends called him Abe, and James Cameron, 16 years old. And the crowd started to grow outside that jail. People from all over the county came, a mob of 4,000 people or more. Someone in the mob went to the hardware store for rope. They were armed with sledgehammers and crowbars. They started banging on the jail doors. The sheriff wouldn't open them. They kept banging and beating, and finally, the mob prevailed. They were ready for the performance, the carnival of white supremacy to make sure that blacks stayed in their place. The tree had given birth to strange fruit, Thomas Ship and Abe Smith, and the lynching tree of Calvary. It was Jesus on the lynching tree, strange fruit. They broke into the jail and took Thomas Ship out of his cell first. They beat him, they spit on him, they mocked him, they killed him before they even got out of the jail. And then they slung a rope over a tree and lynched him even though he was already dead. Pilate said to them, here is the man. When the crowd saw him, they shouted, crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, 
Take him yourselves and crucify him. I find no case against this man. Then they went back in for Abe, dragging him a block and a half to the courthouse square. Abe was still alive all the way to the courthouse where there was a maple tree and another noose that was tied around his neck. People who were there that day said that as they were lifting him up, he reached for the rope. He tried to hold it away from his neck, so they lowered him down and broke his arms. They lowered him down and broke his arms and lifted him up again. And carrying the cross by himself, he went out to what is called the place of the skull, which in Hebrew is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, with him and two others, one on either side, and Jesus between them. The town photographer set up his equipment and took a picture of the scene. It looked like a carnival with people going to the county fair. After the picture was taken, the mob took strips of Thomas and Abe's clothes as souvenirs. They divided his clothes among themselves, casting lots to decide what each should take. One person took a shoe home to display on their mantle, and the most prized souvenir was a piece of the rope. 2 a.m., the coroner came to take the bodies down, but the crowd refused. They turned him away. The bodies must hang as a warning. They must hang as a warning for blacks to stay in their place. And as much as I want to say that we made it and look at King and Obama and Oprah and Mae Jemison out of space with the people who 100 years ago would have made her a slave, is it really true that we made it or really true that we not hanging? Just, well, what's really true? Empty trees or empty promises from politicians over schools? The lynching, the gallant South pastoral scenes, bulging eyes, twisted mouths, see it, but they can't mention the sin of Magnolia in New Orleans. That's the projects where Cash Money Records came. And if one make it while every other broke in prison and naked, tell me, why we celebrating Lil Wayne? The fame and the popular. Ignore the hanging from the popular. Jim Crow threw the rope away, now he popping you, pill popping you, gun popping you, opportunity stopping you, tell Trayvon parents that we made it, cause they just lynched him. The smell of the burning flesh. The news tell of a burning mess. New hell shutting down clinics, but they building up new jails. Diamonds in his ear, gold rope, but it's still lynching. So who writes the new songs to come help write the new wrongs? I see my little brother, I tell him the fight's on. Keep your lights on, keep your clothes on. Cause the more you sell, they will prevail. The more money we make, the less we can tell. The less we speak, the more hate overwhelms. And so we must yell. Who writes the new songs to come help write the new wrongs? Thousands of copies of this photograph were sold all over the country. And then, a handful of years later, Abel Maripol, a white Jewish high school teacher from the Bronx, came across the photograph. After seeing such a horrible thing, he could not remain silent. He wrote a protest poem entitled Strange Fruit and then set it to music. It was a protest song against the terrorism known as lynching. The poet took the terror and turned it, turned it against itself. What was meant for fear he used to stir up faith in a different kind of future. The poet flipped the script. The poet took art and degradation and reversed it, remaking it into the art of dignity and indignation. The art of protest. The prophet's art of justice and hope was used 
by the poet. Soon after, at Cafe Society, New York's first integrated nightclub, a young singer named Billie Holiday began performing Strange Fruit to close out all of her shows. Because of the power of the song, the nightclub owner drew up some rules. First, the room would be in darkness except for a spotlight on Holiday's face. Second, the waiters would stop all service while she sang the song. And third, under no circumstances would there be an encore. Night after night, she could not and would not remain silent. Night after night, she flipped the script. She took the art of degradation and reversed it into the art of indignation, the art of dignity, of protest, the prophet song of justice and hope, night after night after night after night until the whole world was listening. And when Adam and Eve touched that tree, God saw strange fruit. God saw Abe and Ship and all those who were hung up in trees to die. God saw Jesus. God saw it all. But God had a plan for redemption, a plan to flip the script, to save us from ourselves, to use strange fruit to redeem a strange world. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal. Bright as crystal. And on either side of the river, was a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of the most beautiful fruit. And the leaves on that tree are for the healing of the nations. Strange fruit in the garden, strange fruit on the cross, strange and healing fruit flowing from the tree of life, whose leaves are good for the healing of the nations. This year is the 75th anniversary of Billie Holiday's Strange Fruit. She recorded it on April 20th, 1939 a terrible night in August 1930, and a beautiful night in April 1939, 75 years ago. Each and every one of us is made in the image of that poet. In the image of that singer. In the image of the one who flips the script. Who flips the script again and again. Terror into poetry. Hatred into protest. Heartbreak into hope. Sorrow into joy. Each and every one of us is made to love and struggle and sing. We are made to sing. Writing new songs to help right the new wrongs. This time in Indiana. This time in the heartland. This time everywhere and anywhere, anywhere, USA.
blood on the sea and blood at the root. Black bodies swinging in the southern breeze. Strange fruit hanging from the poplar trees. thirty first, nineteen fifty nine, Billy Holiday was taken to Metropolitan Hospital in New York for treatment of liver disease and heart disease. The Federal Bureau of Narcotics, under the order of Harry Anslinger, had been targeting Holiday since at least nineteen thirty nine. She was arrested and handcuffed for drug possession as she lay dying. Her hospital room was raided, and she was placed under police guard. She remained in that bed, laying mortally ill for nearly two months. It wasn't until hours before her death that the police guard was removed by court order. Billie Holiday died on Friday, July 17, 1959, with 70 cents in the bank. She was 44 years old. Since I've been your baby 
must be abolished if police brutality is to end. We cannot reform a system of policing that was founded on slave catching. Imagine a world in which $100 billion every year isn't spent on the police. $100 billion could fund the college education of every American. $100 billion could feed every person in this country. $100 billion could make sure everyone has the right to clean water. $100 billion could make sure that every person has adequate health care. For more information about any of these subjects or what we can do about it, please visit my website, stereoatlas.com. This is WPPMLP in Philadelphia, People Powered Media.
Springs Hall has led. Feel like old Ned. Wish I was dead all my life through. I've been so black and blue. Even the mouse ran from my house. They laugh at you and scorn you too. What did I do then to be so black and blue? Oh, I'm white inside, but that don't help my case. How will it end? Ain't got a friend. My only sin is in my skin. What did I do to be so black and about these good-looking black women now. Some love high yellow, some love black and brown. Some love high yellow, some love black and brown. But these black women will stick with you when these high yellows turn you down. Now, black of the berry, sweet of the juice. Oh, black of the berry, daddy. Always get a black woman for your private use Because you just can't keep no one woman by yourself One woman by yourself. If she left someone for you, she will leave you for somebody else. A black woman hollered she like you. Get my man to tell. Oh, black woman, holler she like you. Get my. 
ladies and gentlemen, poison doesn't always come in bottles. And it isn't always marked with the skull and crossbones of danger. Poison can take the form of words and phrases and acts. The venom of racial and religious hatred. Here in the United States, perhaps more than ever before, we must learn to recognize the poison of prejudice and to discover the antidote to its dangerous effects. Evidences of racial and religious hatred in our country place a potent weapon in the hands of our enemies, providing them with the ammunition of criticism. Moreover, group hatred menaces the entire fabric of democratic life. As for the antidote, you can fight prejudice, first by recognizing it for what it is, and second by actively accepting or rejecting people on their individual worth, and by speaking up against prejudice and for understanding. Remember, freedom and prejudice can't exist side by side. If you choose freedom, fight prejudice.